Hey everyone, welcome to Pop Culture Pastor, where we look at movies, music, comics, and more from the perspective of faith. I'm Chris Perry, your self-proclaimed pop culture pastor. I'm so excited to be starting this podcast, and I'm so glad that you're listening to it. It's, it's an idea that I've had in mind for a long time, and, and finally getting it going, so I'm glad you're here. You may be wondering, okay, well, who are you, and why do you think you should proclaim yourself the uh, pop culture pastor? Well, I've been in ministry for uh, about 15 years for uh, most of my, all my career. That's, that's always what I've done, always what I've wanted to do. I currently serve at a church in Wichita, Kansas. I've worked at churches in Oklahoma and Texas and even across the sea in England. Uh, so this has always been, you know, the, the, what I've wanted to do with my life as much as it's, uh, I love it sometimes and sometimes it's difficult, but, you know, this is, this is what I've committed myself to. And my other main passion is, is pop culture, things like movies and comics and music you know, I often tell people that I, I like to read. That's one of my hobbies, and I read about an equal amount of comic books and theology. And so I wanted to bring those two things together. I know I'm not the first person to have that idea, but you know, it's always, I think, insightful to, to look at pop culture through a theological lens, as I mentioned at the beginning. And so usually the format of the show is we'll have a topic every week from music or movies or TV or comics, uh, and usually I'll have a guest with me, and we'll discuss that. Sometimes it'll it'll just be solo. And uh, we're going to end every week with something I'm calling Pop Culture Consolations and Desolations. Uh, you'll, you'll have to stick around to see what exactly that means. But enough about me. You're going to hear a conversation I had with my friend Nick. And uh, before I actually get started in the, on the podcast properly, I just want to thank Nick for I would say he's the godfather of the Pop Culture Pastor podcast, uh, since he's got his own successful podcast and has helped me a lot through all this and gotten me some equipment. So uh, Nick's one of my best friends, and I really appreciate you. So uh, let's get to my conversation about the Trinities. All right, well, our guest today is Nick Miller. Uh, Nick was at one time a youth minister at the cha- same church that I now work at, um, we went to school together, uh, and now he's in videography with Wild Oak Films. Nick, you want to say a little bit about uh, just your history with uh, the church, and then your history, you know, your pop culture interests? Why, why are you the person I'm talking to today, I guess? that That's a really good question. I'm not sure why I'm the one that you're talking to. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I grew up in, in church. Um, you know, it was... You know, I joke. I think I, this isn't a joke, but literally, I was born on a Wednesday and I was at church on Sunday. Like mm-hmm. that's that's kind of how my family has been. My parents have always been leaders in church. My dad's been an elder. My mom taught the, you know, fourth and fifth grade class for forever. Uh, and then when I was in high school, I went to a youth rally and I said, "Oh, I want to do this. This looks fun. This looks mm-hmm. cool." And so I decided that I was going to be a youth minister, and I went to college for that, and I did that for. 11 years okay. uh, full-time. I uh, got into wedding videography about 
um, six years into being a minister, and that ended up, you know, becoming a passion of mine. And so I left uh, the ministry job to do that uh, full time. So that's what my day job is. As far as getting into um, pop culture, comic book nerdery kind mm-hmm. of stuff, I'm I'm trying to think exactly when it happened, but it's always been something that has been. Um, like fringe interest of me like i remember the 90s x-men cartoon you know that was always don't don't we all if you're of the you know um old millennial age group right like it was elder millennials elder the elder millennial i like i like that phrase um you know that was always something that was really cool and then i think it it Kind of sparked again whenever the, uh, was it 1999 X-Men? The yeah, 2000, I think. 2000, 1999, yep. 2000, somewhere in there. That came out. So that was always really exciting. And that's kind of what reintroduced me. And then um, I I started playing this tabletop board game with my friend Adam called Heroclix. And how it was kind of described to me is chess, but with superheroes. So mm. you collect these little miniature figures and then you go do battle on this board, and there's dice. It's re- it's really nerdy and stuff. Sounds very and, nerdy. And I'm, it, I'm actually sad that I missed out on that phase. Of yeah, it was life with you. You would have really enjoyed it. Yeah. I think uh, maybe we should try to find someone play that. But anyway, I was playing with all these characters, and I wanted to like get into comic books. So I kind of did it like I think a lot of people got into the game because of the comic books, mm-hmm. but I was kind of the reverse of that. And so that was about the time when they released Marvel Unlimited. And so I uh, picked that up and I off of off of my friend, uh, Kevin, he suggested Ultimate Spider-Man because he really liked Spider-Man. Spider-Man was his character. I was more of an X-Man guy, but I was Mm -hmm. like, I don't know where to start. And so started reading that. And then um, I just started picking up some X-Men stuff. And I'm trying to remember where I I started reading uh with it It was a little bit a little bit later on you know early thousands x-men anyway just started reading hey just as a plug real quick uh you can follow me on instagram at pop culture pastor and i have a series that i did some this year about how to get into comics and so i talk about things like marvel unlimited it's it's basically like netflix a subscription service for marvel comics where you can just read basically anything all their back issues and new stuff comes out you know a few months after uh, but yeah, it's it's kind of overwhelming to figure out how to get into comics and that sort of sort of stuff. You know, if you're interested because of the movies, uh, go check that out. Uh, so speaking of plugs, do you want to like plug yourself and where people can find you and, and what you do? I mean, having you on my podcast really kind of helps me because you, you have much more of an online presence already. Yeah, I mean, I I'm you know I'm I'm big into if you want to follow me, you know, on Instagram, I am. Dot Nick Miller is my Instagram account, though. I'm not very... Hey, like that guy in that show. Yeah, exactly. I had the name first, though. So um, if you want to follow me along there, I post um, like three times a year on that account. Cool. So... But also your your videography gets yeah. a few more views than that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wild, Wild Oak Films is our wedding video company, but I'm not sure how many how many of your yeah it doesn't really overlap. It does not overlap. You never but, know. But you People never have know. multiple interests. Uh, but our focus here is the overlapping interests of uh, theology and nerdery, uh, pop culture. Uh, it won't always be super nerdy stuff, but but a lot of times it will. And today, it's going to be pretty nerdy in both directions because we're talking about the idea of the Trinity, uh, the Christian Trinity, and then Trinities in in pop culture. 
So real quick, you know, we'll just take a couple minutes and summarize the, the, the doctrine of the Christian Trinity, right? That God exists as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Very self-explanatory. God is three, but God is also one. Um, yeah, uh, I, I don't know. As, as you, know, you tried to understand this or, you know, you were a, a pastor for many years, how would you explain it to other people? Are there any analogies that you found helpful to explain you, the Trinity? You know, the, the one that I always came back to that I know isn't perfect, but it was always that of an apple, you know, mm-hmm. where you have the skin, the meat, and the seed, and how they are all an apple, but they're different parts of an apple. I know that some of that falls falls apart, you know, with depending on your theology and what you kind of think about things. And is the seed really an apple? And is the skin really mm-hmm. an apple? And yeah, and that an, an egg. That's I've heard the same. Right, the shell, the the yolk, and then the white. Right, like it's all it's all egg, and yet they're distinct. But there's a there's a YouTube video. Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but you search for St. Patrick bad analogies. And uh, it's it's St. Patrick in Ireland trying to explain the Trinity to a, a couple of people there, you know, using something like a four-leaf clover, uh, or three-leaf clover. Sorry, any analogy that you use pretty quickly <laughs> becomes heresy at some point. Something that the Church declared as, as a heretical view, things like modalism or partialism, and again, Arianism. We're not going to get into explaining all those sort of things. That's today. good because I don't I don't know if I understand. <laughs> yeah, I studied those in grad school and I've forgotten most of it. But it, it, yeah, it's it's a mystery. Um, my favorite one that I've come up with that I'm sure still is uh, heretical if you take it too far is, is uh, the idea of coffee, because you have you know the the liquid itself, you have uh, the mug, and then you have the heat right and the, or the energy of the coffee. So that God is is the coffee, Christ is the mug, right? It's the container that holds it and can can be in different forms. And the, the spirit is like the, the heat of it that you can see coming off the top or the, the energy from the caffeine. Uh, and again, I know you take those and separate them out. It probably is heretical. But what I like about that is the idea that, you know, the, the true experience is is drinking it. Right? And so it's engaging in the process of drinking coffee rather than separating it out. That's where you're really experiencing something. And, and so this idea that God is Trinity, it, it's, it is a dynamic thing. Um, some of the, the, the ideas that have been helpful for me is the idea of, of social Trinitarianism, the idea that basically God is love, right? This, this foundational idea that we see in Scripture. Uh, and so love is a relationship. Love requires someone else to love, right? If God is love, God somehow has to be community for there to be love. And so it's this continual outpouring, this, this self-emptying that exists in God's own nature. Uh, Richard Rohr has talked a lot about this, and he's been helpful in how I understand it, the idea of like a divine dance, that it's uh, always moving in, in this circle, so how do you depict that? Have you seen any ways, Nick, that uh, you can depict the Trinity that, that work well, or, or how can those be problematic? You know, can you, can you really uh, depict something like this uh, in, in, a, in, a, in a picture? Because yeah, that, that's, yeah, I think that's part of the question. That's probably another reason why it's a mystery and it's difficult. And obviously, we're also on a podcast, which is a audio medium. So like, here, look at all these different images. doesn't work too well. Yeah. It, yeah, it, it's, defi- it's definitely because whenever you, 
when it, whenever you separate them out, then does does it lose something if you're talking about the Trinity? Mm-hmm. Like like it's one thing if you're talking, okay, here here's God the Father, and we're talking specifically about that, and you're like, okay, here's this picture of God, or here's this picture of Jesus, or here's this picture of the Spirit. But whenever you combine the three, can you put them in three different bodies and it still be the Trinity? Mm-hmm. But then Are if you, you combine, but then if much. you combine them all, then it it's the Trinity. But then does it lose its like individuality mm-hmm. that that all those things have. So yeah, I, right. I mean, that's the core. Right, mystery is a good word here. Right? Definitely, it's, it's Definitely. a mystery. So you can't, you can always understand it more, but never fully. And so yeah, it's you want to. They're three persons, but but one God. Um, I think one substance is the language uh, that the early church leaders would use. So yeah, you can find different pictures where you know yeah, it's three different people basically or you have like god with the white beard and then jesus as jesus is usually depicted in the spirit as a dove or as something of that nature you know then you get into like okay well you know two-thirds are are men clearly and then we're not sure about the dove um and so you know it's it's interesting you know i'm, I'm i'll probably do a series on instagram again if you follow me there and we can you can look at some different images of the trinity and see how different people have tried to uh, depict this mystery one of the most famous, though, is an icon uh, by Rublev of the Trinity. And it, it takes actually the story from Genesis 18, where there's three visitors who come to Abraham, and it, we're told that it's actually the Lord, right? It's, so the Lord, uh, God, is appearing to Abraham as three visitors. And so it, it's a pretty obvious place where Christian interpreters later would come back and say, hey, look, there's, there's, it seems to be pointing towards this mystery already. And so in this icon, uh, you have three, you know, they're angels in the story, but so you have three people sitting around a table, and they're kind of looking at each other in a circle, right? One is looking at the other, and then they're looking at the next. And it, again, it is that, that divine dance, that circle that, that I mentioned earlier. And one of the things that's really interesting about it, and it appeals to a lot of people, is they all kind of look the same, and yet they all look a little different. They seem a little, you can't tell if they're men or women, and, and the expression on their face, again, you, you just have to see it. I know this is not, not the best thing to be talking about on a podcast, but you know, the, the expressions of, of just kind of love and peace on their face is really amazing. But why are we talking about this? Well, uh, if you want an example of what that, that icon looks like, you can look at the uh, cover image for, for this podcast. So uh, if you've seen this, you can look at it right now. Yeah, I took that icon, the Rublev Trinity icon, and I replaced the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit with Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, which is also probably heretical, but uh, um, apologies. I'll pray for forgiveness later. Uh, but, you know, so this kind of moves into the pop culture side of this. Of, you know, it's a very common thing that we see in, in culture and in media of sometimes called the rule of three, right? Where you have three characters... Uh, as kind of the core, and they interact with each other. And, you know, uh, I used uh, these DC superheroes because they're often referred to as the Trinity. Um, So if you think about that, um, you know, could you line them up, right? Uh, If you have Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, uh, well, which is which? Um, how How would you think of them corresponding? 
That's a that's a, that's a really good question. And Chris and I actually talked about this. I don't know a couple of years ago, a long time ago. Is, is well, yeah, was, I've had I've had the idea for this and this podcast for a long time. And I remember we had like a really good discussion about this. And then Chris was like, "No, we can't we can't talk about this now because we need to do it for the podcast." But it's been so long that I kind of forgot. Yeah, that was that was intentional, not just laziness. Right, right. I I, I forgot what it was, or you know what I said. And as I'm sitting here thinking about it, you know, it's the Superman character to me is either well, that's that would represent God the Father or or Christ because mm-hmm. of the power that he has, the invulnerability that he has, the goodness that he is. Right. So okay, so Superman is like the Father because yeah, he is more powerful. I, I I'm gonna go okay. Okay, I, I'm just. Let's go I'm, with ju- that for I'm, a I'm gonna. I'm gonna just go in. In as I'm sitting here thinking about, it, I would put um, Superman as the Christ figure. Okay. In 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 how I'm I'm thinking through this, um, and you know, if you watch uh, specifically Zack Snyder's movies and stuff, he is very much depicted as a Christ figure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all this coming from a different world, coming to Earth, saving the Earth. You know, that sort of right. stuff. Right. Sent by his father. Sent by his father. Yeah, that yeah, sort of thing. It, yeah, um, it's it's in Man of Steel. It's I think it's in the '70s Superman movie. It's pretty common idea of Superman as a Christ figure. Yeah, very common. Um, which which leads me to I I would say that that Wonder Woman would then probably fall into the Holy Spirit version. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, well, she does stand for justice and power and stuff. It's also there's a lot of peace with her and and um and I, I don't know, maybe there's just something in my mind that won't let me say that Wonder Woman could be God the Father because she's <laughs> like I, yeah. I don't know if that plays into it at all. Yeah. But as as I was sitting here thinking about this, um I was like, I really like putting Batman as God the Father figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you, because he's angry. Well, he he is angry. angry, and he's going to smite you, and and but not use guns. Not how I understand God the Father. No, but that is that is the stereotype. Uh, but I I was sitting here thinking about it, and I'm really thinking of Batman is the comic book character. Um, has a plan for everything, and mm. he's looking forward, and he. Before he gets in a situation, he knows how he's going to get out of that situation, and you know if. The, the the old the comic book argument like Batman people <clears throat> like their answer is literally how do how would he do that because he's Batman like yeah. the, you know you like yeah, who, would Bat- win in a fight? who would win in a Batman fight Batman or the Hulk like yeah. Hulk would destroy him right. easily he's just a guy in a suit but Batman people like oh no he would know that you would need this or you would need this like the age who would win Batman or Superman Superman obviously would win but Batman people like no. Batman would win because he would have a kryptonite this or he would have that or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think that that forethought and that idea is why I put Batman as representing the father side of things because if he is the one with the plan and he's the one guiding the people and uh, while Superman has, is like kind of seen as a leader, I think within the Justice League, Batman is often seen as that leader because of these plans, because mm-hmm. of the contingency, the because of the stuff that he would like to do. So that's what I'm going to say. Long-winded, no. Batman father, Superman son, Wonder Woman spirit. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I also like the Wonder Woman as, as a spirit because, like you mentioned, the spirit is depicted in Scripture both as you know, this image of peace, the comforter, the advocate, uh, descends as a dove, and yet also comes in fire, right? And there's this power that comes with the spirit. And I think that's a pretty good depiction of Wonder Woman, right? That she is uh, a warrior for peace. is kind of the, uh, an ambassador for peace who also you know, kicks a lot of butt. Um, 
so you're getting that that tension there with her. Um, and also, there's there's a tradition um, of seeing the spirit as feminine. Uh, the word for spirit in both Greek and Hebrew is a feminine word. And so um, there, you can find people that will refer to the spirit as as she. And so if you know if you're going to use the gender side of it, then then she more naturally would would fit in there. And yeah, like we said, Jesus uh, or Superman as a Christ figure is is so common that it's almost kind of uh, overdone. I would say pretty overdone at this point. Uh, but yeah, the, you, know, you can see the appeal of he, he's not human, but he lives among humans um, and was sent by his father and you know, that he's a figure that you can aspire to. You know, if one of my favorite, like single, one of the best single pages of any comic ever is from All-Star Superman where um, he, there's this girl, uh, this kid, that's going to jump off of a building and Superman just shows up and he says, you're so much stronger than you know. Right? And so that his real power is not that he can punch really hard or shoot eye beams, but that he inspires people to, to be their best, uh, be who they can be. And I see that as a very Christ-like thing as well. Um, but then the problem, you know, I like what you said about, you know, Batman and his, his foreknowledge, an idea we think of with God, and, and sometimes thinking of Batman is very stern, like we do with God the Father, which I think uh, is a misrepresentation. Um, and also, you know, Batman has the Bat family, and he also is, is a father figure. A lot of depictions, especially in like movies and things, ignore that whole thing and, and don't want to use Robin. But uh, if you read any comics, like Batman has a family, he is a, a father, he becomes a father to a lot of people. Uh, you could also switch Batman and Superman, kind of like you mentioned, because, well, Superman is first, right? He was the first superhero. He's kind of the source of, of this whole genre. And he is more powerful, like God. And so you could put him in, in that father role. I mean, he is a father now in the comics and, and in uh, the current series online, or on, um, I guess, on the CW. Uh, and then Batman, you know, as the Christ figure, well, it makes sense because he's human, Right? He doesn't have superpowers. He understands our weakness, like Hebrews says about, about Christ. And so he is, is much more in our place. Right? Like You hear people say, and it's kind of not true, that well, anybody can be Batman. Right? Like, I, yeah, I can't fly or I don't have a lasso of truth, but you know, I could, I could do what Batman does. Which, if I, mean, I had $10 billion, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, his superpower is, is money. Um, which, yeah, not, not many people can aspire to what Bruce Wayne can do. But you see that, like, his, his frailty, and that's, I think, what appeals to some people, why some people think Superman is boring is because he has too much power. And so, you know, that way, in, in that sense, Batman fits in that, that uh, son, the, the Christ role more. Just, just for argument's sake, because both of our lists are, are very similar, okay? I... As I'm also sitting here thinking about it, I would like to put Wonder Woman into the Christ spot okay. and Superman into the spirit spot. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Wonder, both Wonder Woman and um, Superman, you know, they are creatures from a different world, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Themyscira for, for Wonder Woman. And she was uh, created and she lived in this place like you know, like Jesus, you know, if he's, mm -hmm. you know, at heaven, um, probably not a creative created being. Since yeah, that's, that's also heresy. Yes, I think that's yes, Arianism. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but, but, you know, here she is a part of this world and she leaves her world 
to mm-hmm. better another world. Yeah. yeah. Like she's like, yeah. I need to fix this. I need to change it. Like that's her whole mission, right? Mm-hmm. Is to leave her people to go be with these other people, to be with man and, and get them better. And, you know, she is, she is like a, a warrior for justice, a warrior for peace. And while Christ wasn't a warrior in the sense of, Hey, I'm going to like rip your head off. Right, or yeah. Anything. But on your swords, but at the same time, whenever he was faced with righteous animosity from the religious leaders, he was very um, to the point with them. Mm-hmm. He was very like that. That was the thing that really got him upset was whenever religious leaders were profiting off of yeah, yeah oppressing, oppressing the, the people on the margin. Yes, yeah. yes. He, yeah. And so and so uh, like as Wonder Woman who uh, would come in and she could. Do, doing those things and being that warrior for justice. And then I'm thinking back to where Christ says, I need to leave so that I can send the spirit who is more powerful than I am. Mm. And if you want to take it from that, while Wonder Woman is powerful and she could hold her own against Superman, she is not super Superman level. Like yeah. he's, he's the top among, you know, heroes that way. And so I kind of like that where here comes this guy that is going to do good throughout the entire world that has more power. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, both both Christ and the Spirit are sent in that sense, so it works for both both Superman and Wonder Woman. And yeah, and the idea that Superman inspires people, I mean, the word inspires, the same root as Spirit, right? So he's also performing that, that same sort of role. So you know we're just we're just talking about this to think about the way the dynamic of the three of them. Um, you know I haven't read as many Justice League comics as you probably have, um, and you think about the dynamic between those three. Um, you know it's it's yeah it's not going to be as perfect as we as we understand in the the Trinity of complete harmony, but there is ways that they work together and and bring unique things out in each other and sometimes challenge each other to to grow better. Um, I think, I, as you know, again, a nerd, a, a big thing for me is to say that Superman and Batman are not enemies. They are friends, right? They have different outlooks on things sometimes, but but they work together. And it's another place where a lot of the movies have, I think, gone wrong. I think the Lego Batman movie did a good job of kind of <laughs> making fun of this, where Batman says that Superman is his worst enemy to the Joker, and the Joker's like, no, he's not. You're friends. Um, so, yeah, so yeah, right. Like they, they, are, they are not against each other, even though that's that's such a common thing to want to pit them against each other. And who would win in a fight, right? Just like we talked about in elementary school. Um, some people seem to never get past that. Superman, one hundred out of one hundred times. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and uh, I think Wonder Woman also uh, beat Batman pretty bad once. I, don't know. I, I did read that series a few years ago. Uh, so you know, we're using this example just because. Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman are called the Trinity, but again, like I said, it's a very common idea in pop culture. So when you think about like a group of of three characters, uh, who are some that you think of, and why is that uh, an interesting dynamic? Yeah, uh, I I don't know what it is about three, but it it seems it seems to work. You know, w- w- in storytelling t- in general, whenever you have mm-hmm. three, because when it's just one and like a, a one two combo, it's okay. What happens when there's conflict between them? Then you know, what do you do about that? Um, you know, you you have written a few down. One that sticks out to me is uh, Harry, Ron, and Hermione, mm-hmm. and and how they all uh, you know how how they all work together, and you know even going through. Uh, while Harry was the main 
character of all the books, but like I'm thinking in the second one, whenever uh, Hermione is is petrified, and so it's him and Ron, and then in the third mm-hmm. one, whenever Ron is is hurt, and so Harry and Hermione are the ones that go save the day, and then you know later in the books, whenever Hermione and Ron split up, and then you know all this kind of stuff, and how they yeah, all so it re- creates new possibilities, right. of like okay, we can have these two, and then these two, and then but all three, and yeah, you're kind of all are necessary, and 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 there and there's that theme in that book of of friendship and how good good friendship can always overcome evil and it Mm. it it also depicts like a real a real sense of of what of what friendship is because it does ebb and flow and we do have um you know animosity or trouble uh you know with within those relationships but whenever you kind of have that third that third leg of the of the triangle or whatever you know that i think there's a reason why we 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 hear things depicted um, in threes, and then the triangle is the strongest geometrical shape, like on the planet. Mm. I, I I think that I think that there's a little bit of something to that. Yeah, uh, and so yeah, this this dynamic relationship, and again, you see it in lots of places. I thought of like Luke, Han, and Leia from Star Wars, right? The the way they interact with each other, and then sometimes they're separate, sometimes they're they're together. Uh, in the X-Men, you have Cyclops and Jean Grey and Wolverine, which, again, like there's a lot of times tension between the two of them. And sometimes it's depicted as a love triangle. Uh, but I think in the, the best depictions of those characters, they are actually all working together and just have very different perspectives. Um, I'm, I'm definitely a, a Cyclops fan. I know a lot of people think he's super boring if you only watch the animated series or the movies. But... He's a really interesting character. Mm-hmm. That's a discussion for another time, though. So yeah, it's it's but this this rule of three. This uh, it, I think the love triangle is probably not the best example of that because that's competitive. Right. What we're, what we're seeing and again thinking about the Christian Trinity and how that's uh, seen in other relationships, it, it is something of harmony where you're bringing something out of someone else. It's not as simple as just the you know, the two people, right? That, that often becomes dualistic of either this or that. Uh, that this is right and that is wrong, right? That, that uh, you know, in our world today, that mindset is, I think, behind a lot of the issues that we're dealing with. And so to have a third perspective, I think, creates a lot more flow and a lot more interest and, and a deeper conversation and, and better stories. It is such, like you mentioned, such a common part of stories and even folklore of, you know, three little pigs, three billy goats gruff, right? It, it's all pointing to this idea that with three, you're doing something uh, special. It's kind of the, the mat- three is a magic number, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wasn't that, uh, what was that called? Schoolhouse Rock. Yeah. Right? So there you go. I think that's a good stopping place. Three is a magic number. Whether you're talking about Star Wars or the DC Comics or the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, it is something new. It's it's a mystery that we'll never fully understand. But with this this sort of relationship of three, it can always grow, and we can always understand it deeper. So, uh, as we transition towards our end, uh, one of the the segments of our show that we're going to do every week is called Pop Culture Consolations and Desolations. Now that language comes, as we all know, from Saint Ignatius of Loyola and his Prayer of Examination of Consciousness. Okay, mo- <laughs> as we all know, as, we, as all know. we all know. So, you know, this this prayer is really about looking back through your day and seeing what were positive things where God was at work and you were in tune with the spirit 
and what were moments when, when you were not. So the consolations are the good things, the desolations are the bad things. So we're just going to use this to talk about what's something that uh, is giving you life from pop culture right now, and what's something that is not, what's something anti-life right now. So Nick, what's a pop culture consolation for you today? Oh, man. Um, I, you know, I, I think of, uh, of a couple of them. Um, the first one is I have just beaten the main story of Horizon Forbidden West on my PlayStation 5. Okay. Um, highly recommend the game. It's a sequel. Uh, so if you haven't played the first one, it really does build off of the first one. So I would recommend that one too. They're both fantastic games. A lot of fun. Lots of, uh, beautiful Beautiful game. And also, um, The Wilds on Amazon Prime. It, mm-hmm. Second season just came out. If you ever watch the show Lost, it has lots of Losty vibes to it. It's about these teenagers that get stranded on an island, but it's not what it seems. Ooh, I'm intrigued. Yes, yes. So that, those would be my consolation. All right, uh, thanks. My uh, pop culture consolation for today, uh, as we're recording this, Tomorrow is a, a huge release day for music. Kendrick Lamar is dropping his first album uh, since 2017. So that's uh, very anticipated. Uh, who else? The Smile, which is a Radiohead side project, are dropping an album. Um, uh, an artist that I'm, uh, one of the new artists I'm really into right now, her name is Ethel Kane. She has an album coming out. Uh, and so all, you know, this is basically what I'm going to be doing tomorrow. Uh, now, again, by the time this podcast drops. Uh, hopefully everybody will listen to these and, and hope we'll know whether or not they're all great, but I'm assuming they will be and looking forward to, to digging into to each of those albums. So yeah, check out Kendrick Lamar, The Smile, and Ethel Kane. Uh, so uh, let's move to our pop culture desolations. Anything that you've seen or watched or heard that uh, I, took life? Like from a pop culture, I, I can't, I, I don't have anything negative. Okay, and that's good. I guess we should say uh, you don't have to have something you hate. We don't want to be haters here. Uh, but if there's something that you know is disappointing, we want to get a chance to you know complain about it. So yeah, I'll let you take a pass on that. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Uh, mine, you know, uh, I'm gonna avoid spoilers here. We just saw Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, and I will just say as vaguely as possible that I was a little bit disappointed in the villain and the motivation for the villain and what that the character arc that villain went through. If you've seen it, maybe you know what I'm talking about. Maybe we can have a spoilery discussion at another time. But uh, I was a little disappointed in the direction that went. Overall, I like the movie pretty well. It's not going to be in like top tier of, of MCU movies, but it was definitely interesting. Some really fun cameos. But that's uh, that would be my desolation for uh, this week. Well, as we close our show today, I want to thank you for joining us, but I do want to get real for just a second. Will you be an evangelist for Pop Culture Pastor? Can you spread the good news about what you have heard today by sharing with a friend? Think about a loved one. If they died tonight, what would happen if they didn't know about this podcast? Can you go out? Can you rate and subscribe? It makes a difference, and I may not know whether you like this or whether you gave us five stars, but somebody knows. Somebody's watching. All right, well, (laughs) thanks again for being here. Our theme song is Be Thou My Vision from the 8-Bit Hymnal by Mr. Tyler Larson. You can find him on Spotify and Apple Music and all those fine places. This podcast is edited and produced by me. 
You are now dismissed. Go in peace.